the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. What's up, gentlemen? What's going on, Mr. Ranger Proud? How you doing? The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. First three games and a little bit around the league towards the end. How you doing, sir? I am doing well. I actually am not disappointed in two and one, or not as disappointed as you and the rest of the guys are. I I like oh. a lot of the things that we saw. I'm highly disappointed, and we're going to talk about that. Specifically, game number two in Columbus. There's no effing way we should have lost that, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. And RP, I'm already giving up through three games. I know I'm being melodramatic. I'm being a little over the top. And I know there's probably going to be a case from Glenn and Scott. We'll get them on. I'm tired of these letdown games, bro. I mean, the point of why I have an issue with the even through two games, or especially game number two, is if you're going to be considered a championship quality team, you have got to beat that team this early in the season. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this. So let's get the guys on and we'll discuss because two and one, I, I expected four and zero. You guys heard me last week. Scott, say hello real quick. How you doing? And then we'll bring on Glenn. Just say, just say hello real quick. And we'll come right back to you. How you doing, Scott? Yes. Good evening, gentlemen. How is everyone? Uh, What's pretty up, good. Brother? And good. And let's get Glenn on and then Glenn, say hello, man. How you doing? Yeah, good evening, guys. It's finally uh, it's good to be back to uh, a show where we're finally going to be able to talk about some games. All right, cool. Now, RP, go ahead and lead the conversation. You started it off. And guys, if you're not speaking, just mute your back, uh, your noise. Back on, you don't you keep going. Um, you know something, the Buffalo game, probably a fantastic all-around hockey game. Saw a lot of good things. Good win. The Columbus game, the Columbus game upset me because of the defensive breakdowns. Three disallowed, two disallowed goals in the first period. Actually, three if you include the one that Columbus got disallowed. And then things sort of went sideways. Yes, we should have beat them. Yes, they should have played a better game. But you know, this early in the season, I'm just not as disappointed. I just going four and all or five and all. Look, we're going to lose hockey games. Let's be realistic about it. I'd rather them lose this game to Columbus and then next week beat the hell out of the entire West Coast on that big trip. And I guess this is how I was looking at it. I thought last night's game, like Jacob Truba said, it was great to show they can win a 2-1 hockey game against a really feisty Arizona Coyote team. Let me tell you something. That team's got a future. They beat the Devils in a shootout. They, they gave us fits last night. I didn't see what they're doing tonight against the Islanders. But uh, I, I tell you something, I like their game. I I miss Jimmy VC, and I know I'm bouncing around, but let me just get this out. But Pitlick has not played bad. That fourth line has done their job. Um, I would say in these three games, my biggest disappointment, and then I'll, I'll bounce this around, has been the play of Braden Schneider and Ke'Andre Miller. Gwen, uh, what do you think about that? Relax, Scott. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean – you know, these first three games were kind of a mixed bag. And, uh, you know, with a new coach and a new system, I think that you you know, you know kind of expect that. Um, I was kind of surprised that uh, the Buffalo game, they came out, and that was, you know, as near a perfect game as you could have. And I wouldn't have necessarily expected that coming right out of the gate with a new system. Um, and then, of course, the Columbus game, you know, as you mentioned, uh, a couple of disallowed goals and, you know, sometimes that gets the team a little bit off balance. It, it might have been different if at least, you know, one of those uh, was counted. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, every team in the league is going to lose to the San Jose's and the Columbus's and, uh, you know, the, even the good teams are going to. You hate to see that out of the gate, especially after a, a, a great start in the first game. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to, 
get too crazy about it. And then, honestly, I, I didn't. I only saw the third period of the game last night. Uh, but you know, Arizona's. Uh, well, that's a great word you used, RP. They're a feisty team, and if you look at the roster, they've got some talented players there. Uh, you know, their record may not reflect that at the end of the season, but uh, I think that's a team that's uh, getting better than they have been the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, if they can uh, sort out the situation out there as far as a uh, stadium and, uh, you know, what they're going to do uh, uh, going forward, if they're going to stay there or not, uh, I think they're, like you said, there's a future for that team. Um, yeah, I mean, Schneider and, and, uh, and Keandre haven't been great. On uh, the first couple of games, I don't know if they're having a little trouble adjusting to the new system. I would think that you know it's possible that the the defensive side might struggle a little bit more with the new system than than the forwards would. But um, you know, for the most part, I think you know it's kind of a. I know Steve wasn't expecting this. He wanted to get out of the gates uh, fast, but you know, I kind of expected for you know probably the first month that we're going to see some ups and downs uh, adjusting to the new system. Although. Uh, you know, a lot of the comments you hear from the players, they seem to uh, feel like they're adapting well to it and they understand it. And, uh, you know, hopefully it won't be a roller coaster ride in October, but uh, we'll have to wait and see, especially with the long road trip coming out up out west. We can go to Scott. Go ahead, Scott. And then I'm going to rant after that. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I am I'm okay as well uh, with the two and one. Um, you know, it's it's early in the season. You know, guys are it's brand new. You know, guys are finding their footings, finding uh, finding the chemistry. Uh, you know, we've got you know three four new guys on the team. We got three guys on the top six who weren't there last year. We got a new coach, new system. Um, and you know, and on top of that, you know, even if we didn't have all that, you know, you know, it's a first couple games of the season that's fine it's good that they made a statement in that first game and then that was just an all-around dominating you know start to finish game um I mean, that columbus game was just crazy the way it happened the 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 two disallowed goals uh then columbus had one and you know the rangers weren't terrible in that game i don't think uh clearly we've seen better nights out of igor but that's okay because he went from one goal against and fantastic and then he rebounded nicely and and it was good to see the way the team rebounded uh uh, the Rangers have a long, glorious history of losing. Uh, I'm not sure what the home opener record is. I just know that when it's, you know, uh, special nights when it comes time to uh, like, like retire a number or whatnot, the Rangers always lose those. But, uh, and, and yeah, this is a, even uh, Joe Micheletti pointed it out that this is not your, your average Arizona team. They, uh, they definitely have a future, and they're definitely uh, better than, uh, not that there's a high bar of excellence for uh, Coyotes hockey, but uh, they're definitely one of the better Coyotes teams, at least they should be, that we've seen. And, um, it, you know, it's NHL team against NHL team. There's no such thing as, okay, we're supposed to win this game by five goals. That's not the way it works. And I'm just happy. It was it was, it was a great, uh, great rebound game, specifically for Igor. He was fantastic. Uh, but also the way that game went down, uh, yes, it was a low-scoring tight game, and the Rangers could have easily been deflated. They had that that, that you know, full two minute, two man advantage uh, at the end of the period. There, that's a whole different game. If uh, if if Arizona cashes in, uh, that's a whole different third period. You know, to uh, had they let up a goal, it would have been in the final minute of play in the second period. Uh, totally deflating that could have been, and and they used that. It, it was the exact opposite because they were able to kill it. The, the penalty, and it was a great penalty kill. Of course, any two minute, two man advantage kill, no matter how it goes down, and the you know is a great kill. But uh, they didn't get all that much, many shots. They kept them passing. They guys come, you know, kept the, you know, get. You know, Igor made some, some some good saves, but uh, you know it wasn't it didn't have to be the Igor show. I think the three of them played fantastic. Uh, you know, in, in the uh, in that kill, and then they started the third period and they had another forty five seconds to kill, and they did that, and then the Rangers just took off. Uh, they they you know. Rangers hockey, regardless of the roster, regardless of the coach, regardless of the era, the Rangers have a habit of, of not generating momentum on, on swings like that. You know, you think you have a big kill like that. Typically, Rangers hockey is, you know, they usually don't use that as a, you know, as, as a fire starter. But this time they did. And as soon as they killed that, I said, it. I was watching with a, with a buddy of mine. I said, we're going to score and we're going to win this game right here. And the Rangers, as soon as they killed that, uh, they took off. 
off and they were playing very well. They got the goal, the power play goal, and then and then they continued to pour it on. Right after they got that goal, they they came very close to getting another one. Um, so uh, and and they pretty much uh, you know they didn't they, they didn't sit back and uh, have it be the uh, the Igor show. Of course, as we saw throughout the uh, the Lundqvist era, you know the one goal lead. Okay, Hank, it's all yours. We're just gonna sit here and watch. They did not do that. Uh, it was good to see, and that was a very well-earned and deserved uh, win there. Uh, you know, good bounce back after the uh, the stinker. But, you know, it's – yeah, of course, we don't want to see a stinker that early on. But another thing the Rangers are historic about is, is slow starts to the season. Uh, you know, the Rangers are usually, for the first, you know, seven, eight, maybe ten games, are usually uh, flirting around the 500 mark. And when they have a good team, that that's when they start to, to put together the streaks. So we're two and one, uh, you know, big deal. Um, you know, and now they they need to build. I have to win the next one. Then you know, I don't want to drop the five hundred. But uh, no, I'm I'm okay. Uh, you know, they're, they're they're still finding their chemistry. They're still finding this coach's system. I'm okay with the uh, with the two and one to to start the year. So um, you know, especially the way that they uh, that they responded last night. And my points, um, great point on the two man disadvantage. Uh, that was a great kill. Matter of fact, that uh, energized the crowd uh, between the second and the third period of that was asinine calls by the, by the, uh, by the referee. And on top of that, uh, the referee screwed the uh, Panarin breakaway. Uh, it's almost like we we're playing against the refs at one point and the kill was, it was very solid to see. And they, they did a fantastic job. I, my whole gripe is more so about these letdown games and, it's like I'm, I'm almost contradicting myself, and I probably am, because on one breath I'm saying the Rangers are going to finish third, but it's the reason why I say that is because of game number two. It's, <laughs> I think – I mean, hey, I'm just speaking out loud when I, when I think about it because it, it goes back to as dominant as they were against Buffalo. My whole question to you guys, you gentlemen, what Rangers – Put put away systems, put away new coach, just knowing the same core has been here for the last several years. At what point do the Rangers peak? And then when they do, if they do peak, or do you think they peak, how does it affect their playoff seeding? Because this is all about matchups when you get to that first round, despite, you know, the play, you know, with the NHL and who plays who based on the division and the records. And my fear is the Rangers – don't have RP. You said this for years, and I agree with you. You you, you could lose a, a game here early on, and it could affect you later on. You should not be losing to Columbus at all. Like I'm not giving Arizona is not going nowhere, guys. Let's let's be honest. It's only game number two, and I get that they're a young, energetic team. They're going to be done like by like New Year's. You know what I'm saying? Columbus, on the other hand, got destroyed at home by Philadelphia. They got destroyed at home by Detroit. We are way better than those two teams. Despite the the goals getting taken back because of offside calls, defensively, it's hey, it, it's probably more a question for you guys. I think it's still the same as far as defensive mishaps. You guys mentioned Brady Schneider, and I and I like Keandre Miller, RP, but we got to call for what it is he has careless turnovers in the game in Arizona. Uh, in the home. Oh, game. he did. So, I agree. So trend, it's a trend, bro. It's not. Because of a coach, it's not because of a system. The guys have bad habits, and we're still seeing it. And they should be three and zero at this point. RP, I'll go. I'll pass it back to you. I just don't think. I don't. I think this is going to happen throughout the year, unless they prove otherwise. They should be three and zero at this point. I don't care if it was game number two, especially what you did to Buffalo. I don't. It's a, you talk about consistency all the time in the all season. How you not build consistency after beating Buffalo like that, and then allow okay overturn uh, goals because of offside calls and just be lazy and lackadaisical defensively in Columbus? I, 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 it bothers me, man. And this is the reason why I say they're going to finish in third place. I, I, and I'll pass it back. Oh, uh, I, I understand what you're saying. I don't disagree. If you if you break down and look at the Columbus game, the Rangers led in every stat. And I know that's just a stat and it's not that important. The Rangers, they didn't play a bad game. They had bad breaks in their game. When I say bad breaks, bad coverages, bad defensive laps. I, I don't mean the offsides. You, you know, really quick, the, the Chris Kreider offside, that was a set play and the puck hit the glass and, and he was offside fine. The first goal, Hedl's goal, 
But Lafreniere has to hold the line better. That's the only knock I had on Lafreniere in the three games is that one play. And I'm sure he tried to hold the line and just took himself offside. Shit happens and we move on. If you're going to have defensive problems and, and issues, have them now. Have them now. The Rangers, we all know this, are a different team when Lindgren's in the lineup and he's not in the lineup. I can tell you that this Eric Jones, Braden Schneider deal is not going to work out with him if he's going to be the seventh defenseman playing with Schneider. They looked horrible all game, I thought. They had a lot of turnovers, a lot of giveaways. A a lot of the the breakdowns was when Schneider was on the ice. I don't know if he just had a bad game because we've seen him play solid hockey. He just looked totally out of whack for whatever reason in the Columbus game. Do I give him a pass on it? I don't give them a pass because you're right. They should have beaten them. But I do like the way they battled the whole game. They didn't see them get that give up feel that we have seen over the years. And I think if you're going to learn from anything, learn it early on in the season. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You better have your A game because on any night, anybody can kick your ass. So that's the only sort of pass that I'm giving them. Uh, on the flip side, we're not going to win every game. And I, you and I, Steve, know we've talked about it. We always set up games that we think we should and shouldn't win. And for the most part, it doesn't work out. Something always interferes with it. Here it was the Columbus. You're right. 3-0 and would be a lot better than 2-1. and But if we win the game against the Predators and you go 3-1 and in this opening stretch, it, it's respectable. Um, I think LaViolette was, has been happy from everything that I've read with, with the way the team has accepted and bought in, which I wrote about today for Empire, that they, they bought into the system. Uh, Trocek had some great things to say about the system. Um, Truba is, is, seemed to be playing his, his, these three games. I thought he played really well. And, you know, I, I like the offensive lines. There's a lot to be positive on, so I'm really trying not to get one crappy game. And I don't know if it's so much a letdown game when it's game two. You, you need every point that you can get. But we all know you're going to lose games that you should win, and you're going to win some games that you should have lost. So just hope you have more of the latter than, than the earlier, right? Uh, Glenn, what, what are you happy, unhappy, don't care? What do you think? Uh, to me, you know, for the first three games, I'm relatively happy. Um, again, I'm going to emphasize a new system, which, as you say, a lot of the players seem to like and are buying into. Uh, they, you know, their complaint last year of, uh, uh, you know, not really getting coached up or, or, or having a lot of guidance or a lot of structure, uh, you know, got Gallant fired. Uh, and, and they seem to be happy that, you know, they're getting what they, uh, they asked for. So, um, you know, and I, and I think they're responding to it for the most part. Now, you know, like you say, every team in the league is going to lose games to, to, teams they shouldn't lose to uh you know I, I on sunday night i think uh carolina lost to anaheim six to three uh do you think they're going crazy in carolina no probably not i mean they're probably upset about losing that game but you know they're not uh thinking that oh my god you know this is we're, we're gonna need these points uh so um you know i mean I, I, I'm relatively happy with it. I, I, I really expected that, you know, they were actually going to be more, uh, more of the Columbus game in the first three games where, uh, you know, guys were out of position or passing to the wrong place or turnovers, things like that while they're getting used to it. So uh, especially since, you know, the whole team really never played together in preseason. Obviously they had practices, but uh, you know, the preseason was half, uh, half starters and half AHL guys. So, uh, you know, really the Buffalo game was the first time uh, under actual game situations that, uh, you know, they were actually all playing together. So, uh, you know, again, you know, talk to me on November 1st and see where we are. But, uh, I mean, I I think from what I've seen, uh, despite the the Columbus game, uh, I'm encouraged uh, by uh, the effort. I'm encouraged by uh, the structure. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, for the most part, I think they're, they're, they're going to be just fine. Uh, you know, it seems like, uh, Kreider and Zabanajad are in uh, mid-season form. Uh, they're flying, uh, Panarin seems energized. Uh, I think the, the third line is working well. Uh, so, you know, and again, I mean, it's, 
the, this thing with the Columbus game with uh, Lindgren being out, this is almost taken on a life of its own, as, as if Lindgren is, is Wayne Gretzky, and we can't win a game when he's out of the lineup. Um, and I don't know where that's coming from, but it seems almost, uh, you know, like that's what happens. He's out, and, and the team uh, really doesn't look the same. So um, hopefully he can he can stay healthy. But I, I don't understand why 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 that really happens. Uh, but you know, for the most part, I, I'm I'm encouraged by what I've seen, and it's a, a very small sample size, but uh, headed in the right direction. And I think that uh, you know they're going to be just fine. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Yeah, um, you know, again, I'm satisfied with the two-in-one start. You know, there's all sorts of kinks and bugs to get out. Uh, you know, yes, uh, Schneider and, um, and and Miller definitely, uh, you know, need to, to, to get the rust out. That that, But we know what they're capable of. Um, I'll tell you, uh, Steve, you ready for it? <laughs> Shall we begin? Um, with the, uh, we're going to do the, uh, we're going to do like, like, like SNL has the, uh, the weekend update every week. Uh, I'm going to give you the Lafreniere report every week. Um, <laughs> credit where it's due. Loved them in the first game. You know, he, you know, scored the goal, which was huge. Uh, you know, that's gotta be a great for the confidence boost. He was, he was all over the ice making things happen. Uh, that Panarin goal, unfortunately he doesn't get an assist on that, but that's 100% his goal. He forced the turnover. Uh, I guess I look at the replay because I was shocked that he didn't get an assist, but I guess look at the replay after the turnover, uh, a Columbus guy had it and knocked it over Panarin. So, you know, that breaks up the, uh, the flow there. So that's why he doesn't get an assist, but that's absolutely his goal. He was, he was noticeable. He was making things happen. Uh, he was really, you know, energized and skating around. I said, okay, here he comes. All right, year four. All right, so be it. Uh, and then back to completely invisible the last two games. I mean, absolutely invisible. Um, a, you know, and as somebody pointed out earlier, you know, uh, he, you know, he screwed up an offside there. Um, so I, I just don't understand. He's he, at age 21, you know, you have that the energy like you don't need to, you know, take a day off. You know, again, the comparison is to Kreider. That was the that was the, the the complaints about Kreider is that when he was on and 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 felt like playing, you know, he was the most dangerous guy on the ice for 12 years or for the first eight years, I should say, before you know he finally got the 50 goals. But when he didn't, you know. When he was, he had night plenty of nights where he just didn't want to, you know, put in the effort. And it just seems like that's what we're getting with Lafreniere. And and and, and at age twenty one, there's no excuse for that. I mean, you remember, you know, you know, like like Zuccarello or 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 your Dubinskys or your Callahans. Um, you know, every single time they, I mean, they were just. You, you know, it, it was like, okay, so, you know, slow down. You're going to burn yourselves out. You know, that that's how, you know, energetic and, you know, just all over the place these guys were. And we're just not seeing it, Lad Lafreniere. And, you know, he doesn't have the, the – you know, the, the natural, you know, like scary skills. Like when, when, when Jack Hughes has the puck, we know that entire playoff series, you know, when Jack Hughes had the puck coming up the ice, we, you know, we were terrified. Okay. What's he going to do? We, you know, do we, do we put two guys on him? Then there's an open guy. Cause he can, you know, and, and his, and his goals were highlight real goals. It's, you know, there's just nothing scary about Lafreniere's game. Nothing. And, and, and the, and the last two games, just no effort, I've, I've felt. And, you know, again, it's only three games. I'm not throwing in the towel on him, but I think we have a serious problem. And he's, he's you know, top six now. And, you know, if, and I said it in the offseason. If he's going to be top six, I think that – I think I don't know if it's fair to say that the – whether or not we're a contender or not depends squarely on him, but I think it kind of does because if he's going to be completely useless as the, as the second line right wing, that's a serious problem that we need to address. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, give him like five more games. And if he's not noticeably, you know, a, a problem for other teams, you have to put him on the block. That's where I'm at with him. Like, just so disappointing, especially after the first game. It's just disappointing that that he just disappeared in games two and three after the great first mm. game that he had. So I, I, I got I got him on a very short leash. I don't know, really. Go to the door side, Scott. Go to the door side, Scott. Go ahead. a little different though. He, you know, if you what you were saying earlier, if if you include the the assist that he didn't get on the Panarin's goal, and if he doesn't pull himself offside on the Heatles' goal, well, now all of a sudden he's got three points in three games. 
And I don't think last I, I think he's playing really well on that line. He's always on the puck. He's been grinding. He's skating well with Panarin and Hedl. They're getting scoring opportunities. He's back checking. He's playing good. I, I think the comparisons with Hughes have to stop. He's not Jack Hughes. He's never going to be a Jack Hughes. And I understand he was a first-round overall pick and all of that, but he's just not that level. I mean, we could actually say the same thing about Kako. I don't think he's done anything these three games. He really has been quiet. He hasn't been on the puck nearly as much. He's out there because Zimbanejad and and Kreider have been doing their thing, and he's on that line. But I I think, you know, I I think Lafreniere has had better three games than Kako's had. That's that's just my opinion. But I, I think he's been more engaged. I think I see him skating a hell of a lot harder. I'm Lafreniere. Well, yeah, I'm talking about than than Kako. I I really like him with Hedo and Panarin. I think that when them three are out there, there's there's a little bit of a spark. And I I don't think he's played nearly that bad. I just think everyone is just expecting him to be this 45 goal scorer, 80 point kind of guy, and that's not his game. Regardless of where he got drafted and how he got drafted, if that's what everyone's looking for, they're going to be highly disappointed. It's just not his game. So putting him on the block may or may not work. Right now, the way Blake Wheeler's playing, you really have no one else to put in that spot where Lafreniere is because Wheeler hasn't done anything in the three games either. But again, it's early on in the season, you know, where there's a reason why it's 82 games, guys. It's going to take a little bit more time. Yeah, they're all pros and have been playing for 15 years, a lot of these guys and all, but it's just a change. And change is hard for any guy, especially a guy like Wheeler who came over from, what was it, 13 years or whatever, and Winnipeg is the captain. It's it's going to take time. But I, I think I've been happy with Lafreniere's play these three games. Steve? Well, my issue is more defensively with the team, not really offensively. Um, it's in, in, in slight defense of Capacaco. Uh, I thought I saw a great scoring chance on a wraparound against Arizona. Mm-hmm. I thought he did, he just didn't convert. But I would I would agree with you through the first three games. Um, you know, I think Lafayette probably did have a better overall outing in the first three than Capacaco. If you want to compare those two particular, but I'm just looking at it in the sense of okay, in the Columbus game, uh, with you know, it's not like Rick Nash had a hat trick against us on Saturday. It's not like it was Cam Atkinson. It wasn't like it was Oliver Bouchard or Jack Rinsky <laughs> or Seth Jones. This was fucking Booth Jenner, man. I mean, Booth Jenner is a longtime Blue Jacket. He had a scoring surge last year, but in the season when they were minus 32. The point is, that's not a good team, man. Like, I'm just really – it's a, it's a trend to me, and I don't think it's going away unless I'm proof otherwise with winning games. I really wanted to get off to a 4-0 start, especially to me the first four games was really subpar. These are subpar opponents, man, just to be quite honest. I don't care what Arizona did against the Jersey Devils, and I saw that game too. They're going to play hard for the first 10, 15 games, and they're just going to fizzle out. The Rangers matched their energy, even against the refs uh, in the opening night. But the Rangers should be 4-0 going into the West Coast trip, in which that's a five-game swing. And I'm watching the other games around the league where I saw Vancouver put up a lot of goals against Edmonton. So they're not a walk in the park. Uh, you know, the other teams that we got to play on that trip, Seattle, even though they're getting off to a slow start, I just think they have a deep team. And I'm looking at it from a point of maximizing points on your schedule perspective if we're going to compete for a division and when you're looking at defensive laps and turnovers, especially by your defensemen, I, I, it's still a little bit more of the same despite whoever the coach is and whoever, what system you're playing. I mean, we hear the system, system, coach, coach, but that doesn't control how you control the puck on the ice. I mean, this is clear, blatant turnovers by our defensemen. You saw it. I saw it. We all saw it. That's not coach. It's coaching to an extent, but this is – Bad trends. This is bad. Uh, this is bad skating. Bad uh, hockey. Period. Uh, but RP, before we go back to you, Marie's joined us, and I want to congrats. You know, con- you know, Rangers fan, girls of true blue, and congrats to your Buffalo Bills, but New York Rangers fan. Marie, uh, what are your thoughts through the first three games? Uh, and then we we'll go back to RP. Welcome back to the Ring Podcast for Ranger Proud. And then we we'll go back. To I RP. like that. Are, are you happy to start? Games. Hi, mm-hmm. everyone. 
I like the first two games. I'm hopeful. I like the shorthanded goal. Um, I, I'm, I'm liking defense. So um, I, you can never, like, really – I don't think analyze how a whole season is going to go by the first few games. That's me personally. Also, And I also think it's going to take, you know, a, you know, a few weeks for them to gel. Like, like someone said before, they really haven't played together. Uh, some of the players, Cooley and, you know, if you, and when Landgren was out and they had to change lines. But I'm very hopeful. And I just wanted to say thank you for congratulating me on the Bills game. It was the most horrible game I've seen, except for when Scott Norwood missed the kick. Okay? I like, I like I that told you, you were, <laughs> I told you when I, you are definitely going to make this spread. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> oh, my God. I got a question for you, if you could quickly answer. Now, RP, same question for you and Glenn and Scott. Do you, Marie, do you think this current cast of Rangers who've been together for the last several years, Panarin and Clyde has been there for all this time, right? And um, Zabinijad, you know, the the veterans, this core, do you think they'll ever get to this point where we see them peak? And when I mean by the word peak, we've seen this with the Capitals. They've had these good teams and they really took off in 2018. We see this with the Carolina Hurricanes where we don't even know where their peak is because, and honestly, I think they're getting better as they're winning divisions. Or what Boston did last year, even losing yeah. two seasons ago to the uh, to the Carolina Hurricanes, and they put in yeah. a record season. Are we ever going to see this president or roster yeah. ever quote unquote peak? What are your thoughts? And the same question I for think, everybody. But I first, think first. so. Yeah, I think we will see them peak. I think it's going to be in the next one or two years, and if they don't, you're going to see Shostakin be the next tank, which I don't want to see. But it's got to happen sooner than later. That's my opinion. All right. Now, RP, what about you? So, do you ever see this, this Rangers team getting, like, well over, let's say, 117, 118 points? And when I'm talking about peak, I'm talking about President's Trophy, kind of like what we were in 2015. I mean, dominating. Do you see this with this roster? I, I honestly don't see it, honestly. I, I don't do see thought? it, but I, 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 you guys are going to think I'm crazy. I don't see it, but I, I don't need the President's Trophy. I, I need them to I need them to follow the path of what Laviolette said when he got hired. If he's able to get this team to buy in to use the regular season and then find the next two years when the playoffs starts, then the regular season was a success regardless of where they come into. And he's done that with his other teams, so I'm hopeful that he can do that here. The flip side is if – if we're not happy and, and we're right now beating a dead horse, but with the defensive play, even though it's early on, there are going to be a lot of issues. I mean, they just gave Andre that four-year deal, but he's still making those horrible cross-ice passes that got turned over like we saw last night, and then he took the penalty. And you're right. right. Some, things aren't, some things aren't coachable. At this stage of his career, he's got to know that he can't make that pass. There's no need to make that pass get the puck out, and I'm sure the coaching staff was on him about it after that. Turnovers are, are killers, especially how quick things transition from offense to defense and vice versa. So I don't know if they're going to be that 117, 119-point team, but the division is so close, I don't know how much it matters. Look at what Boston did last year, Steve. I mean, that was the pinnacle of hockey, and they got knocked out in seven games. The same amount of games the Rangers got knocked out in the first round. So I, I I think they overemphasize it. Well, I want to see a team. I want to see a team. I agree with that. Let me say this real quick because that is a fair point. I'm not okay. The point I'm trying to make is even if you're saying that is the Rangers, you don't expect them to be the president's trophy. I'm not saying it would be a good sign. Is my point. But the point is, if you're going to go that route as far as going into the playoffs, do you trust Panarin? I know it's only game number three because that means if you're going to dominate the playoffs, you have to trust a Panarin and Kako. Do you foresee seeing that? I know it's really early to tell, but based on what we know, that's a lot of putting a lot of trust in players who, let's be honest, underperformed in playoff situations thus far in blue shirt jerseys. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. The only thing I could say about Panarin is he himself is least, I don't know if it means anything, but he's acknowledged how bad he's played in the playoffs and how he has to improve his game 
He's not one of those players that's saying, oh, it'll work out next round or next year, yada, yada. He, he's recognized that there's a difference in regular season play and playoff play. Now, can he change? I don't know because that's his style of hockey. But can he be a piece to the puzzle that makes it all happen? I fully believe he can. But I don't know if this team is going to be that team where you can go two weeks without worrying about losing. It's just a range of hockey. We haven't, we didn't see it in the '94 season when they won the cup. So I know what you're what you're saying. I just don't think it's New York sports. I haven't seen it on any of our teams in in so many years. It just doesn't happen. They're, they're a grinding team. Nothing, as my dad says every night, nothing comes easy. You know, miss an empty net and they come down and hit a post or come close or make a three-one game or three-two game. That that's unfortunately just range of hockey. So I've kind of accepted that part of it. What what I can't accept is what you said, Steve. A lot of let's just be honest, guys. Stupid mistakes. You you can't make these stupid mistakes in your fifth year. You know they're not asking K. Andre Miller to do anything crazy. Chip the puck out. Make the smart play. Stop trying to be a Panera making those great cross ice passes. The guy's incredible at it. He can pull it off ninety eight percent of the time. K. Andre Miller can't. So why keep trying? So that, that's where it gets coachable, Steve. That's when a coach has got to go, stop it. Stop it or you're going to be sitting down I'm going to put Jones in. You know, these are, the, these are going to be the times we're going to see how long Laviolette string is before he starts benching guys for making dumb bonehead moves. Because at the end of the day, Steve, you're right. They should be 3-0. and Bonehead plays prevented that. Now you hope they all learn from it. But we didn't see that last night. We saw good hockey, don't get me wrong, but we saw a lot of bonehead plays. So I don't see them to answer your question and being that 118 point, you know, 58 win kind of team. Not unless something miraculous happens with, with other teams and all. But I do see them being able to go deep into the playoffs if Laviolette gets them to do what he's trying to get them to do. Glenn and then Scott, Glenn, your thoughts of my concerns. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, we've seen some players uh, continue to do the things that we've talked about for the last couple of years, such as, uh, you know, we're talking about Ke'Andre Miller right now. Um, and I, I don't think Laviolette is going to be the type to let that go on for too long. Uh, he seems very insistent on uh, the system that he wants to play. Uh, I, I can't imagine you talk about that cross ice pass that, from Keandre. I can't imagine that that's part of the system. Uh, so <laughs> I think that's just Keandre regressing into the way he's played before. Uh, and I don't think uh, Lobby Lett is going to have a lot of tolerance for it. So uh, unless those things start to get cleaned up, uh, I think we might see some surprising names get benched. Uh, to send a message that I'm serious about this this uh, system and you got to buy in. Um, you know, like I said, a number of the players have, have liked the system and uh, feel that it's going to work and have bought in, but you've got players, and we're only three games into the season, but you've got players regressing into, you know, what they've been up until this point. Uh, so I think Keandre is going to have to learn a lesson one way or another that, uh, you know, you, you don't make those risky plays uh, in your own end. Uh, that's not, we're not going to tolerate it. Um, as far as Panarin goes, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to use an example of uh, for many years, Ovechkin, I mean, he still is, but for many years, uh, you know, he was one of the better, probably, you know, top two or three players in the league. Uh, and, you know, they never got over that hump. They never got over the playoff hump because, you know, he he was uh, kind of the, the spotlight. He was scoring goals, and uh, he was kind of not necessarily buying into uh, the way the, the uh, coaches wanted to play. And then finally when, he, when the bell rang and he saw the light and decided to uh, be more of a team player and, and fit into the team concept, concept um, you know, they won a cup, and we were all happy for him. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think Panarin kind of has to have that same mindset where, uh, you know, he's got to change his, his style a little bit on the ice, not so much to uh, temper his creativity or to, you know, have him thinking too much on the ice like we talked about uh, with him in the playoffs uh, two years ago, 
but, you know, he's got the whole season to uh, kind of understand that and feel that he's got to be uh, part of uh, the team and not have to do too much and not have to be, you know, the star every night. So, uh, you know, hopefully uh, throughout the course of the season until we get to the playoffs, uh, he'll realize that. And I think he does. Like RP said, he, he understands that he's not been the player he needs to be in the playoffs. And uh, so I, I, I'm hopeful about that happening. As far as uh, what you were talking about uh, being a dominant team, no, I, I don't see this team being, you know, a Boston or a Colorado the year before you know, that are just going to pe- run away with have the we division, pe- run away with the have, – I'm sorry, Steve, go ahead. Ha, ha, have we peaked? I don't think we've peaked. I want to give uh, I want to give Laviolette a chance to to get this team to take a more of a step forward. I believe this team is more talented than uh, the team in the in the mid 2010s uh, that went to the conference finals a couple of times, got to the finals. Um, I believe this team has more talent and more depth than that team did. Um, I don't necessarily need to see dominance, but what I would like to see is consistency. Um, You know, a team like Carolina, I don't know if I would call, I don't know if you guys agree, I don't know if I would call Carolina dominant, um, but I think they're consistently good, and that's why they end up where they do in the standings every year. Uh, If you look at uh, Vegas last year, Vegas got off to, uh, you know, a not very good start early on, uh, and they just kind of, you know, pulled it together as the season went on where they were peaking at just the right time. Um, even go back a couple of years ago to uh, when St. Louis won the cup. Uh, you know, we all know the story. They were in last place in the league in January. Uh, and then they pulled it together and peaked at the right time. So uh, I do have optimism, optimism that this team can do that and peak at the right time. But uh, I, I don't see this team as being, you know, one of the dominant teams in the league where you're going to win president's trophies every year or anything. Uh, I would much, much rather see them use this season to uh, get their game together, uh, you know, be very consistent and then peak at the right time. And I think that's, you know, what Lobby's message was to use the regular season uh, as a a primer uh, to get to the uh, playoffs and be where you want to be at that point. So uh, that's, that's where I see this team right now. Scott. Yeah, I, 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 as far as the president's trophy goes, um, I, I don't need that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not one of these people, and I hate hearing it. I hate hearing the you know, quote-unquote president's trophies curse because it, it, it's, it's complete nonsense. It's the exact opposite, actually, because if you look, if you go seed by seed, uh, as far as who's won the Stanley Cup is what seeds. I, I don't know the numbers offhand, but I remember looking them up once, and the President's Trophy winner actually has the highest percentage of uh, Stanley Cup champions than any other seed. Um, again, don't have the numbers in front of me. Feel free to look that up at your leisure, but I hate them. But that being said, I don't need it. Obviously, you don't need it to win. I mean, yes, it's nice. It's a nice accomplishment. Of course, it doesn't mean anything come June, but it is a nice, uh, you know, accomplishment to the well, season. Um, what, you have Scott, my, my, my question, my, my question was more about using the president's trophy as a barometer of peaking. That's why I keep on going back to the: Do you think we peak, or are we still peaking, or what are your thoughts on the peak um, part? Because the president's trophy no, is the barometer of that. No, I don't think we peak because we have that core that you mentioned, you know, Panarin, Kreider, Zibanejad, Fox. Um, you know, we do have that core, and, and, and we have such a great, you know, talented core that we have. You know, it's just a question of filling in the blanks, and I think those blanks are interchangeable. Um, and, you know, as, as we talked about, I'm very happy with the offseason they had with, the, you know, these bottom-dollar guys. I mean, Pitt, Lake, Bonino have already proved their worth on that fourth line. Um, and, 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 of course, Blake Wheeler as a you know a third line uh, right wing was a phenomenal pickup uh you know he he's definitely been noticeable there um you know in the first few games so no i i, I don't think that we've peaked and i think and that as long as this core and we know this core isn't going to be together uh you know for much longer so um no i i don't think that uh that the team has peaked and i think that um that, uh, that they can definitely they, they they've still got it and they've got hopefully another you know couple of years of this uh, window left 
but yes, as we've all agreed many, many times uh, in the past few months, that it's definitely a win now. Um, and I think uh, I'd like to believe that the peaking is yet to come, but, uh, you know, we're Rangers fans. Who the hell knows? Um, well, who hasn't but, peaked, though? Yeah. Let me ask you this, Scott, because think about it like this. Look at Mika Zibanejad, who we got maximum value out of that Derek Broussard trade, right? right. Marie loves Mika Zibanejad. We all love him. But do you think he – I mean, the production that he has done and done well, you think he could go surpass that part? We talked about Chris Kreider and his 52 goals two seasons ago. He's ever going to get back to that even off – you know, he's off to a good start. Like, if he, if those guys are not getting to their value offensively or whatever, where do we make up for that? Because that's what I'm trying to understand is where do we peak if those guys don't get to where they were? You know what I'm saying? So how, how, how does well, that work? Well, um, you know, we, we, that question about Kreider was asked, uh, you know, in the off season, and and he's already showing that, you know, and you know, with Kreider again that throughout his career, it could be a game by game basis, sure, but uh, so far he's, you know, this the Kreider that we're seeing so far in the first three games is the Kreider of the last two years, in that you know he's out there and making things happen and and, and lethal every single night, and not you know once out of every three games, which is exactly the problem of the Spurs. So, no, I, I, I'm I'm fully on board with Kreider these days. Um, and, yeah, Panarin, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Panarin in the playoffs when we get to Panarin in the playoffs. But for now, you know, we you know he's guaranteed in the regular season. You know he's going to, you know, 80, 80 points minimum, I would assume. Um, you know, we'll worry about the playoffs when we get there. Uh, Zabanajat, you know, again, another guy that I'm just not worried about. Fox, just not worried about. Um, you know, Lindgren defensively, of course, just just not worried about. So, um, uh, yeah, again, it's, you know, it's like beating a dead horse, but I think it all comes down to Kako and Lafreniere. And, 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 and mm-hmm. you know, mm. what, because, again, they're, they're not on the third line anymore. You know, uh, you know, RP, I know that you, you were praising some of the things that Lafreniere did, but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't need 45 goals out of the guy, but, uh, you know, again, again, like he, he you know, he, his play has been comparable to, to like a Dubinsky or, or a Zuccarello. And those were great for those two guys, but with, you know, the, they also weren't top six guys. I mean, well, I mean, uh, Zuccarello kind of was, but, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, well, like the expectations have to be a lot higher for these guys. Like we know they're not going to be, you know, uh, you know, Jack Hughes and, 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 and Connor McDavid and Connor Bedard and, and whatnot. We know that we're not going to get that, but th- like they have to be more effective. And, and, and you know, Lafreniere, if this team's going to go, I'll just come right out and say it. If this team's going to be a Stanley Cup contender, our second line right wing Lafreniere cannot be a grinder. You know, he's got to start lighting it up and, and doing a little more than, than, than grinding. Because, uh, like, you know, I'm, not, I'm sorry, but I, I'm just not feeling the, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, being an effective third liner on the second line it's just not going to cut it and you, you know you know Kako you know we know has been has been making strides yes he he has been a little weak to start but again just three games so you know again I'm going to give Lafreniere the, you know it's only three games I can't I can't say you know give give Kako a pass for it's only three games and not extend the same courtesy to Lafreniere but you know I'm just I, I, I'm just not optimistic <clears throat> Uh, uh, Marie, anything you'd like to say? I mean, then I'll go to, go after you, and then we can get uh, everybody final thoughts. But Marie, anything you'd like echo, to say? I just want to echo what he, uh, whoever was speaking just said. I, I, there's just something about Capo Capo that hasn't um, like his. I don't think his skill has come to fruition. I don't know if it ever will, to be honest. Uh, there's something. It's just you know when you get those gut feelings about people. I hope it does for the Rangers' sake, but I'm not seeing it. But again, I'm hopeful. I'm a you know I'm a big Ranger fan. I bleed blue, and I'm hoping, like I said before, it's in this year or next year because I don't see it happening after that. With the yeah, I, for my yeah yeah I just yeah because that's a good point, uh, Scott. What you were saying about. Lafayette on the second line being limited to a grind because that to me doesn't translate to a team peaking. Like your top six got to be potent. Like having a Tarasenko and a Kane gives me hope because I know what they can do 
when fully healthy, and you're deeper rostered so you could put a kid line together and just outskate other second and third lines when you're coming off the ice and things of that nature. But, yeah, defensively, you know, I have my questions and concerns, especially in the Columbus game. The la- uh, Like RP uh, mentioned with the turnovers and then also, you know, you know Shostakin, I would like to, you know, he, he has played pretty okay. Uh, it was somewhat of a soft goal on that power play, you know, the Clayton Keller goal. He, I thought he should have had that. But, you know, Jessica brought this up last week about Igor's giving up some short, uh, some soft goals. Um, I don't want to dismiss that fact either. So as well as we know he could play well, uh, I just want to see the defense be more efficient and be better with the puck. And, and, and like you said, RP, you could dominate the stats and still be down four to one at Columbus. Get the fuck out of here. No way. <laughs> I'm not taking that. So, um, I'm going to pass it back. And I just hope they prove me wrong in this West coast trade. I, cause by the time we get back next Tuesday, they'll have a nine forty five game in Calgary. I hope we, you know, between Nashville and Seattle RP, they, you know, you know, they'll 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 shut us up or shut me up. But the meat of that 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 schedule with Calgary and they had a nice win at Winnipeg and Seattle, they kinda got off to a rocky start. Uh, I really and especially when, you know, the Winnipeg and Vancouver on the bottom leg of that trip, I gotta see, man. I wanna see how they do defensively. Offensively, I think they have enough firepower to get it done, but I just wanna see the well roundedness defensively for me. So I can really start believing, believing, because I still see a lot of these inconsistencies and errors. RP, anything else you'd like to say before you can take us to final thoughts? I like to say that this whole conversation tonight is like Ranger's Twitter. We are not playing that horrible. We are absolutely need more production out of Lafreniere and Kako, and I don't think that we're going to get it, a.k.a. here comes Brennan Offman soon. I'm going to tell you guys that Kako is always going to be compared to you because they came up one and two, and obviously Hughes was the more prepared NHL player. Um, Lafreniere, if you can't pull this out, this team in an entirety is weak on the right wing position. Because you look at what the Rangers have right now, and you have Kako, Lafreniere, and Blake Wheeler in the top three. I'm not worried about the fourth line. Okay, and if you guys are right about one thing, if those are the best three right wings the team has, then Drury has a lot of work to do. Because I don't think we're going to get nearly the production everyone's expecting or we need to be as successful to make a good deep playoff run. So something's going to happen. I I think as we've talked here and and as we've seen over the last couple of seasons, I don't want to say we've seen the best out of Kako and Lafreniere. I just don't know how much more they have. I don't think they're these pure goal scorers that we're looking for that we wanted to see out of the two of them. So I don't know how far into this run that Laviolette and Drury sit down and go, well, either we got to bring Offman up and put him on the right wing where he said he can play, which isn't the best move because he's a left winger and he's had all his success. But if he's as good as everyone's saying, then maybe he gets a shot. Uh, I don't know that the flip side to what Scott was saying, putting him on the trade block, you're not going to get that much value out of Lafreniere if he struggled all this time. So that's Drury's other problem. And he can't trade for anyone really strong because we don't have the salary cap. So we might be into this predicament where we're going to have to ride this out and see where we are, unfortunately, down to the trade deadline where the Rangers will have more cap space available to use. And we're just going to have to see what happens. And it's a crappy answer, but it's the reality of where we're at right now. For whatever reason, the Rangers are not strong at right wing anywhere, but not even in their minor leagues. It's just how it happened, how it unfolded, uh, drafting the best player available, which is what you should do, but a lot of them weren't right wings. You know, last year we were complaining that our centers weren't good. We went through that and we went through that. And now the Bonichard's always playing well. Trocek seems to fit in really good on that third line and on the first line power play. Kedo's playing, I think, exceptionally well. And hopefully his scoring comes up and he's looked good. And now this year it seems, well, we have no right wings. It, it just seems to be the New York Rangers' way. that you got to struggle at one position on every line, the same spot. So I, I just don't know if we're going to be able to 
achieve everything we want to achieve with the lineup that we have right now. But I was a hell of a lot optimistic 55 minutes ago. God, that's killing me. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm normally like not like that, but I, I, I had to be honest. Man. It's more of the defense for me, but not the offense. But let's get to final thoughts. Uh, Glenn, cues, uh, your final thoughts, and also anything from around the league we have not mentioned from the rest of the teams, and then Scott, and then Marie, and then myself, and then RP will close this out. Yeah, I mean, nothing around the league right now, but I just want to take on about what we've been talking about. I mean, I I think, you know, ideally, we still really don't have a first-line right wing. Uh, I mean, I think Kako hmm. would be a, a second-line right wing or, you know, even a third on a, uh, you know, as, as more of a grinder than a scorer. Uh, but, you know, Steve, getting back to what you were uh, talking about as, as uh, you know, where do we see the improvement for this team to peak? Uh, I mean, I think it's obvious. It, it, you know, I, I don't think Zabanajad or uh, Kreider, you know, who's probably going to get another 35, 40 goals. I think Zabanajad is going to give his usual production. Same with Pernera, and we're probably going to see, you know, 90, 95 points. Uh, the only place that this team can make up that difference is Hedl, Kako, and, and Lafreniere. Uh, and, you know, whatever uh, Blake Wheeler can contribute. Um, you know, because the core is, is basically the same. I mean, can you cast, can you ask any more for, from Adam Fox? Can you ask any more from Igor? Uh, you know, so, I mean, I think the only way this team is going to take that next step is, is dependent on how those three play. Uh, and, uh, you know, as far as Lafreniere, yeah, he, he may never be what we want him to be. I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, with, with Steve, with, uh, uh, Scott kind of, uh, writing him now that uh, will have the same effect that he had with his uh, former whipping boy, Chris Kreider. Uh, I just hope it doesn't take four years, uh, another four years for, for that to happen. But uh, no, I, I think this team is going to, you know, have to make some decisions uh, if we don't see that additional. And, and, you know, by, by uh, I don't necessarily mean production by them, although you want to see uh, production, but I'm talking about, you know, two-way hockey, uh, back-checking, forward-checking, causing term- turnovers, limiting your own turnovers, uh, and just, uh, you know, the kind of effort that you want to see uh, 60 minutes every night. And I think that's going to be the difference for this team. Otherwise, they're definitely going to have to make a move before the playoffs. And I'll just throw in there, as far-fetched as it might seem, I just heard tonight that a uh, some right wing, uh, I think he's a former Blackhawk, uh, is uh, his hip uh, is is progressing very well. So, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of teams that will be vying for them, but, uh, you know, you never know if they decide they want to make that happen too. So, you know, there may be an answer out there, but I think the key is going to be, uh, you know, Hedl, Kako, and, and Lafreniere. That's the only place that we can, you know, fill in uh, those spots that need to uh, uh, be added to what they already have from the core. All right, cool, Glenn. Thanks very much. Uh, Scott, we're, on, we're running out of time. If you could give us like 30, 45 seconds, your final thoughts. Marie, same thing, and then I'll do the same thing, then RP can close this out. Yeah, uh, real quick, yeah, um, RP made a good point. Um, you know, before we worry about trades and whatnot, I think a wake-up call would be benching him for a game or two and giving Ottman a shot because what, what, what is he allowed to do, 10 games without burning the rookie year or whatnot? Obviously, we're going to see him at some point this year. Um, you know, I'd say, you know, again, give it like give it like two more, three, two, 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 three more games, see what happens. But, yeah, I'm all in favor of making him a healthy scratch because, you know, as we, as we, we you know, he's got a history of responding well after a healthy scratch. Unfortunately, it just doesn't really last, but, uh, you know, let's see what Ottman can do. Uh, you know, turns out, you know, why are we the only team that can't have a badass rookie? Every team that makes a playoff run, there's somebody on there that's a badass rookie. Uh, we're the only team, uh, the franchise in the entire league that cannot have a badass rookie. Um, so maybe, maybe Ottman is it. Get him some, you know, I don't know if you put him on the second line or maybe Maybe you put Wheeler up to the second line, put him on the, th- you know, just to, to get him in there. But I'm all in favor of one or two games, a healthy scratch uh, as a wake-up call or as his replacement. Who knows? But, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, And, again, yes, RP, you made an excellent point. Yes, it's three games. We're overanalyzing everything. Well, I mean, that's that's what we do here. That's you know, overanalyzing what we do. But uh, after, uh, you know, three games, we're just shredding everyone. You know, specifically, we're a two-and-one team, and we've got a lot of negative things to say. So, uh 
yes, that was an accurate uh, comparison. Uh, and everybody seems to have something different to shred. But, uh, no, like I said in the first thing I said, I'm happy with 2-1. and one. Uh, Obviously, a lot of room for improvement, but, you know, could be worse. Could be 1-2, and 0-3. Oh so, I'm all right. Cool. Thanks, Scott, very much. And then, uh, Marie, your thoughts? Final thoughts? And then, my, then I'll go. Then I'll repeat. Uh, I'm going to say talk to me in, like, November or December. I'll have, a, like, uh, I'll have more thoughts then. Too soon for thoughts. All right, cool. Thank you very much, Marie. I'll be quick, about 15 seconds. My concern is leaving points on the table. We talk about it year after year, and I don't want to be in a situation where we're not playing for anything because we're too far behind second place but too far ahead of the play, the team behind us, so we're kind of in cruise control and we fizzle out. I want to see corrections made early and often, more so defensively, because I think the offense will come. I uh, don't want to lose. See, it'd be one thing if we lost to Colorado uh, or, or Vegas, a, a top team, a contender. Uh, we should not even fizzle to bottom shelves. I understand other teams lose to, to bad teams as well, but I'm looking at it far, from a perspective of the Rangers and how do we maximize our roster and go for a run. Um, I did say we weren't going to the finals, so it's kind of on par based on the trends I already see. And, and they, they're kind of proving me right through even just one game. they got to correct the bad issues, defensively tighten up. It, it has to con- all be in a, in, a, in a flow of a game. It can't be just the system. It can't just be the coach. This is just individuals at this point. But great discussion. And, RP, please give us your final thoughts and close us out. And we'll be back next Tuesday before the game versus Calgary. Final thought, Rangers are seventh in face-offs, 56% in three games. We all know how bad they've been, so I've been impressed with that. It's only three guys, three games, everybody. Take a deep breath. You'll know what kind of team you had after this West Coast trip. We're playing all the big boys, so we'll see where we stand. Keep following my stories on Empire Sports Media, Facebook, Twitter. I love chatting with everybody. Uh, I love doing this every Tuesday night, and I look forward to talking to you guys. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, guys, bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Bleed blue, 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 bleed blue.